kind of, like I said, in remembering those that perished uh, in 9-11, um, that's kind of where the sermon is uh, kind of coming from today, the, well, my thoughts in preparing uh, today's sermon. Um, today's uh, sermon is uh, coming from, the text is coming from Second Samuel chapter 18. Um, and we're just going to look at uh, one verse there, and that would be um, verse 33. So Second Samuel 18, verse 33. In the New King James Version, it says, Then the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said thus, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died in your place. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. God, I had a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing of his holy word. Dear, if you would pray with me for just a moment. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just uh, ask right now, Lord, that you would... Uh, Instead of using this uh, wretched clay vessel, Father God, for your purposes, Lord, that uh, your people may be encouraged by the message, Father God, that they may be challenged to change, to be more like Christ today, Father God. Lord, I pray that uh, you would just uh, use me to say what it is you would have. You say it to your people, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, do I pray. Amen. Um, so, this uh, verse uh, comes from uh, uh, King David, you know, uh, mourning the loss of his son Absalom. And if you read, uh, you know, Second uh, Samuel, you know, which I encourage you guys to do, what you'll find out is that Absalom had tried to overthrow his father, you know, kind of steal uh, the throne as it would be, he had, you know, kind of pronounced himself. He, he did some treacherous things. Anyway, so he's on, he goes on the run, you know, he masses kind of this, you know, put together army and fights against his father's army. He loses and he ends up dying, you know, as a result uh, of it. And when, um, in spite of all of that, in spite of the fact that, you know, his son had just tried to kill him, uh, kill King David and everything. When David found out about this, he, you know, he was broken up about it. You know, um, that was still his son. You know, and his son, uh, you know, perished. You know, this was uh, not the first time that David had uh, suffered uh, through the loss of a son. Um, if you go into chapter 12, uh, and you read in there, you'll you'll see that David uh, uh, he lost uh, uh, not lost he had a, a, a previous son perish uh, as a just a very a child you know the, the child died it doesn't really say how old the child was but we would imagine maybe about two years old and you know the child dies but anyway um, we might look at that scripture later on as we uh, go through. Uh, so, for a uh, title's sake, um, this sermon, 
uh, it's called When Morning Comes. When Morning Comes. Um, not the morning that brings the sun, but the morning that brings the tears. When that morning comes, um, we all are destined to, um, and it's inevitable, we all are destined to, you know, deal with uh, a morning. You know, a morning's going to come for all of us, you know, at, at some time. You know, they say to live is to love, but to live is also um, to express, you know, grief of, you know, uh, the passing of a loved one, you know. And so when a loved one dies, there's really nothing to be said that will take away the reality of that fact that that loved one is gone, you know. Um, there's no sermon, no prayer, no poem, no personal conversation. There's no flowers or hugs, no cards or letters that softens the blow from that sledgehammer. You know, it's, it's just a, a fact of life. You know, and although society has tried to devise ways of hiding from it and well-meaning friends uh, make attempts to disguise it with words or sentimental sayings, which are often all too common. Nevertheless, the process of pain is inevitable when morning comes. So one is left to face the stark reality that the joy of the day-to-day interactions and involvement with their loved one has come to an end. And now time for unashamed weeping has begun. As I mentioned, um, you know, tomorrow's 9-11, you know, there's those in England that uh, are mourning the loss of the queen. You know, she had family. She was more than just the queen. She was a mother, you know, uh, a grandmother, like a great-grandmother. Uh, yeah, you know, she had family as well. She had those who knew her intimately and, and loved her. You know, um, those here in this country, you know, Uh, may still be processing that pain from, you know, the unexpected loss of their loved ones in in such a, you know, untimely manner. You know, the thing is, it's important that we have tools to help us through the bereavement process. So it doesn't become a snare that renders us unfit for useful living. The truth is that protracted grief can disrupt the source of our primary health. Staying in that 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 state of initial shock and awe and and and, and pain, 
you know, it, it, it can get in the way of us accessing the help that we need. So I got three points that I want to make about when morning comes so that we have those tools to help us to continue having access to that help through that process of pain, okay? So, one second here. First, when morning comes, recognize any barriers to consolation that may exist. So when morning comes, we need, in other words, we need to recognize anything that's going to get in the way or hinder, you know, uh, us being consoled through this process. And there's uh, a couple of things that, you know, we can be on the lookout for. You know, guilt may be a barrier. Guilt. It's, it is all too easy to take people for granted, especially those that are closest to us. And, you know, when the loved one passes on, you know, sometimes we may have feelings of guilt, you know, um, that for various reasons, you know, maybe I wasn't as kind as I should have been, or I didn't, you know, spend enough time, you know, with the person or, you know, um, a plethora of reasons, you know, but there might be something that causes guilt, and, you know, having you like, ah, if only, you know, but the thing is, uh, in love as in life, most often, the thing is, now is the time for salvation. We say later, but later is not ever guaranteed. So, you know, be purposeful in the moment. Like, you know, they come across your mind, say, you know what, let me call them. You know, come across your mind, you know what, let me reach out, give you a hug. Let me say I love you. Let me give you a high five. Let me, you know, let's take a walk. Let's, you know, whatever. You know, be purposeful in the moment. Don't say, okay, I, I, I'll do it later. Because we don't know if later's going to be there for them or for us. So the time is now, you know, um, when death comes for a loved one, uh, we don't want ever want it to be too late to be, ah, I should have, I could have, if only, you know, and we don't want those things to cause guilt, all right? Another uh, thing, resentment might be a barrier, right? Resentment might get in the way, right? And so what does that look like? That's resentment comes and it's, it look, what is the way it's like when you're like, why did this have to happen to me, right? It's a good question. If you can answer it, it's a good question. If you can answer it. But often there's no human answer to why this happened. And often others try to give an answer, but it's the wrong answer. You know, so we can get resentful. The thing is, you know, especially as Christians, we can't lay everything at God's door, you know, with pious or resentful reference to it being God's will, like, oh, you know, God, you know, you let it happen, you know, 
just what God wanted to have. You know, like sometimes it just is what it is. You know, sometimes you know it's uh, hey, you know, health caught up with you, or you know that person lived a, a long life. The queen, should they say she was ninety four years old? That's a long, beautiful life. You know, ninety six what? 96? Oh, she was 96. Okay. All right. So the extra couple years. Still, nice, long, beautiful life there, you know? So um, we can't just all blame it on that, like, oh, it's God's will, you know? Things happen in life. You know, often God gets blamed, and I talked about this a couple of sermons ago for, like, the tragic things, you know? But it's just some bad people in the world. You know, those people that flew those planes into those buildings, those were just bad people. It wasn't God's will, you know? It wasn't him like, oh yeah, you know, let me put this on their heart to go and crash these planes into these buildings. No, you know? So we can't just like blame it all on God, you know? Because we really honestly don't know, you know? So don't get resentful at God for, you know, life happening. So I try to tell people, you know, hey, life happens, you know, things happen, you know, and we have to have that mindset and that understanding that life happens, you know, and when life happens, it's not always, you know, the way we may want it to happen. Um, for some reason, you know, life continues to grow bananas. And I'm not particularly happy about that. I don't really like bananas. So, you know, the life happens. All right, all right. That was my attempt at a joke. <laughs> don't laugh, please. <laughs> but anyway, you know, let's not blame God. You know, when the grief blame God, when people are grieving and they blame God for tragedy, what they're doing is they're cutting off their main source of strength through the tragedy. You know, because when you, you, you're upset with God and you're resentful towards him, you know, how can you then turn and lean on him for the strength that you need to get through that process of pain? So don't let resentment be a barrier. Another barrier, um, and this is more, you know, kind of, uh, you know, towards uh, couples and uh, whatever, you know, uh, having a dread of the future you know, that can be a barrier, you know, and um, it'd be many things that make us dread moving forward. But um, in the case of a spouse, usually it's like loneliness or, you know, financial burdens. And the truth is we can never fully prepare ourselves for that time. Even if we knew the exact moment that it was going to happen, you know, you can, you, you can never really prepare or completely for the loss of a loved one, you know, or the passing of a loved one. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it's, like I say, it's, it's, it's a sledgehammer, you know. Nevertheless, you know, as to that particular barrier, you know, the old saying holds very much true. An ounce of prevention can is worth uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure you know so even though you can't fully prepare you know there's things that 
you can do, especially, you know, um, when someone's terminally ill or, you know, 96 years old, you know, um, there is some, you know, preparations that can't be made and even younger, you know, like, yeah, you know, as for guilt, I say, follow the word of God and never let the sun go down on your wrath or never let the sun go down on your anger. You know, when you have, um, a disagreement or argument with a loved one, you know, like, don't let that linger, you know, resolve that issue. Because again, tomorrow's not guaranteed. So resolve that issue, spend time, you know, like discussing what happened and, you know, figuring out like, how do we move past this? And don't, you know, like, yeah, don't go to sleep like, oh, I'm still upset. You know, I'm not talking to you. Oh, you're not talking to them, you know? That may be a longer, you know, uh, than what you intend. So, you know, don't do not do that. You know, uh, as for resentment, you know, if it's resentment, then, you know, learn about God. Learn of God and of his loving ways towards us and uh, his revealed will as we have it in the word, uh, in our Bibles. You know, God is our loving father and he's our friend. He's not our enemy. You know, God wants good for us, you know. And so um, spend time cultivating that relationship with him. Spend time cultivating a relationship with uh, Jesus Christ and, and getting to know him because God makes a lot of promises to us, right? And the thing is, like, how can you um, take uh, benefit of those promises if you don't know that they exist? How can you go and say, hey, you know, Father, you promised this, may I have it? You know, this is all it takes. Like, you know, and I tell people all the times, you know, I read in the Bible, he says, you know, uh, that he'll guard our minds, you know, and he'll give us perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. I went to God and asked for that peace, and man, I've been enjoying some peaceful, peaceful years since then. And so uh, God's faithful to his promises, but we have to, um, you know, spend time cultivating uh, that relationship. So, number two, when morning comes, know the comfort of God. Know the comfort of God when morning comes. Some people tend to make comfort a synonym for pity or soothe, being soothed or making comfortable. But that's not what comfort is. That's not what it means to comfort somebody to, you know, and most people who are going through that process of pain after a loved one has passed, they don't want to be pitied. They don't want your pity. They don't want you to you know, oh, let me make you comfortable. That's like fluffing up your pillow and, you know, like, no. That's physical stuff, right? You know, and pity is, you know, that's like, yeah. That's not usually not what they're looking for. You know, so, um, we want to make, we want to uh, offer them comfort, not make them comfortable. You know, Paul said, uh, praise be to God. The God of all comfort. You know, um, 
let me break copper down for you guys, right? It breaks into two parts. Com, C-O-M, uh, which means, has the meaning with, with. And uh, the second part, fortis, Latin, uh, has the meaning strong. So to be comforted is to be strengthened by being with. To be strengthened by being with. If you guys remember uh, Joe, when he was going through all of those tragedies, you know, one after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next, like he had it really bad. When his friends came, they didn't do anything but just sit there with him. Bible says they just sat with him for days until he decided to speak. They didn't say a word. So they were strengthening him just by being with him. And sometimes that's all people want or need is just for you to be there. Just to be there. And that's what comfort means. Strengthened by being with. The word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. There's another word called uh, paraclet, which means the one who stands by one's side to encourage, to strengthen, to give confidence to. And that's the role that the Holy Spirit plays. Well, one of the roles that he plays within us as a comforter. To stand by our side, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to give us confidence. You know, we do things by the strength of God, and that strength comes through the Holy Spirit. We have confidence in our abilities that God has given us through the confidence through the Holy Spirit, our comforter. The comfort of God is the strength that comes simply from being with God, from spending time with Him, allowing Him to be there with you. And just like Job's friends, he don't need to say anything, just knowing that God is there, it's enough. And as one of those many promises that I said that the Bible speaks of is God promises that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So we can be comforted by God's presence. Third thing, last thing, and I'm wrapping it up here because I wasn't going to keep you long. When morning comes, keep in mind the joy and happiness of the departed loved one. Especially if they die in the Lord, as the New Testament says it. Keep in mind their joy and their happiness. Right? That's a strange thing to think about, but stick with me here. I'm going somewhere with this. There's a long list of scriptures to support you know, that statement, you know, of their joy, their happiness, right? And in light of 
those biblical promises, we should avoid an attitude of, uh, of excuse me, of a know-it-all or of evasiveness, you know, as far as what the scriptures tells us about passing on to be with the Lord. I want to read you guys a part of a sermon that's titled, uh, but when life, this is the title of it, but when life tumbles in, what then? But when life tumbles in, what then? And it's by uh, a, uh, it's by a Reverend Dr. Arthur J. Gossip. And he preached this sermon after his wife's death. This is what he, he preached after his wife's death. And this is what it says, and I quote, it says, we Christian people in the mass are entirely unchristian in our thought of death. We have our eyes wrongly focused. We are selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed. We keep thinking aggrievedly of what it means to us and that it is wrong, all wrong. Since that is wrong, all wrong. In the New Testament, we hear very little of the families with that aching gap huddled together in their desolate homes, but a great deal about the saints in glory and the splendor yonder. Would you pluck the diadem from their brows again? And a diadem is, is, is like a crown or a, a, a headband, like a jewel crown or a jewel headband, right? And these are the crowns that are promised to us in the Bible. And he and so he asks in his sermon, like, would you take that away from them? All right, continuing on, quoting. Would you snatch the palms of victory out of their hands? Dare you compare the clumsy nothings of our poor blundering love can give them here with what they must have yonder where Christ himself has met them, end quote. So he goes on to say, would you compare the love that we have for our loved ones and say like, oh, I'd rather have them back compared to the love that God, who is love, Christ, who is love, is giving them at the moment. Like they are in a way, we say it all the time, they're in a better place, they're in a way better situation. But how much do we really believe that? How much do we really understand that like everything is better? They're with God now. Like, would you really, you know, take that away? Like, how can you really be sad for them or, you know, disappointed about like they're with the creator? That's our hope. That's what we come and, and, you know, come to worship for and Bible study and we study our Bible and we read it so we can learn more about God, so we can be closer to God because we want, as Bishop always say, on that great getting up morning to be with the creator, the master. And if our loved ones have passed on to be in that position, to be with the master, we really take that from them. And so we need to consider their joy and their happiness 
So, again, the conclusion of this all is that when morning comes, give yourself over to be an instrument for God's use. Submit your life to God's will and His way. That way, the life of your beloved will be memorialized and your life will be radiant in the eyes of our Father. And also, remember this. Remember that in expressing love and sentiment for a loved one, a warm embrace filled with affection today is better than cold, salty tears filled with regret tomorrow. Be present in the moment. Take opportunity of the time that God gives you now because he doesn't promise you a later. So I pray that you were encouraged by today's message, that God would bless you and keep you, that you would always, always, always be encouraged in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. And as I say, coming up here every week would be for naught if we were not to offer you Christ. Because again, on that great getting up morning, and when morning comes for your loved ones, we want to have assurance that they will be in the embrace of the Father. They will enter into His rest. And so, the book of Romans tells us simply that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Not maybe, not might, not, you know, Sometime in the future, he says you will, meaning now, be saved. So if you would want to accept that promise and that gift from the Father, you can simply bow your heads and say this simple prayer with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for just offering me this gift, Lord. And I would like to accept it by confessing right now that Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, is Lord, and I want Him and desire Him to be Lord of my life. Lord, I believe in the deepest crevices of my heart that you have raised Him from the dead, and that on my great getting up morning, you will also raise me, Father God. Lord, I accept your gift of salvation and I ask that you would now begin to work in my life and to change me into who you would have me to be, giving me the heart and mind of your son, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen.
It's just as simple as that. And if you uh, have prayed that prayer with me and desire to learn more about Christ, please reach out to us. Uh, you can email us at contact us at nhmbaptist.org. Uh, phone number's been scrolling across the top of the screen. You know, just reach out to us, Facebook, you know, or our website or email. You know, just, just reach out to us, text, message, whatever it takes. And we'll uh, begin to walk with you uh, in, in, the, in, in the newness of your new life. Um, if this message has encouraged you, we ask that you hit that share button, hit that like button. It helps um, spread the message to other people. Uh, and we ask also that uh, if you are encouraged by this message, you would consider uh, sowing a, a financial seed into this ministry to help us continue to do the work of the kingdom and grow. And um, you can do that by uh, visiting our uh, by visiting our website, nhmbaptist.org and going to the give uh, page and uh, just follow the prompts there and uh, it'll take you through uh, the PayPal uh, way to give. You don't need PayPal to uh, be able to give uh, uh, on our website. It just uses PayPal for us. Um, so uh, you can give electronically that way. You can mail um, your contribution in, uh, check a money order to 4040 Wheaton Way Suite 203 in Bremerton, Washington, 98310. Just uh, make it payable to New Horizon. Um, yeah, our cash app is still uh, up right now, uh, but we ask that you use the, the website, or if you have our app, uh, you can download our app, uh, go to the Go to you know where you get your apps from on Google or if you got iOS the App Store and search for an app called R our our O U R our Church. Uh, download that app and then um, you know just put in New Horizon uh, Ministries and um, you know they'll they'll take you to that uh, our page and you know there's a give button there you can give or watch our streams live and, and a lot more on the app um so again uh hit that like and subscribe button hit the bell notification so you get notified when we go live each week and um and share uh this message with uh your loved ones and uh be encouraged again in our lord and savior jesus christ amen all right Thank <laughs> you.